we're going to continue along the thoughts that this is Missions Emphasis Month. And uh, uh, we want to look at the New Testament church in light of the fact that when we read and study those of the New Testament church, we find that they had a tremendous impact in the world in which they lived. And I believe that the Lord still wants us to have an impact. Amen? Amen. I looked that definition up of impact. And, uh, of course, we could use it in many ways, noun, verb, pronoun, whatever. Uh, but basically, action of one object um, coming toward rapidly into contact with another. Uh, having a strong effect on someone. The effect of or influence of one person, thing, or action on another. So that's a pretty good definition of impact. And uh, we do want to impact the world. Let's look at three things about the New Testament church and the servants who impacted the world and how they, how they impacted the world. And so if you'll open your Bibles to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. I'd like to s share some scripture with you uh, out of Acts chapter 5. We find that, that in Acts chapter 5, things doesn't start off real good, do they? We have two people in the church, Ananias and Sapphira. And you remember what happened to them? What did they do that caused their death? They lied to who? The Holy Ghost. You see, they thought they were lying to man. But this is, this is about God. This is church. And the, and the people are reacting. And uh, they're giving. They're giving sacrificially. And uh, we find that uh, as we move on into the church there, we find that what took place brought the church closer together. And what took place caused amazing uh, events to take place. And so we get down to verse 17. Already the disciples have been pulled in out of their ministry and they have been warned by the religious Jewish uh, leaders uh, stop preaching in this name. Stop spreading this message. And folks, we know that we cannot stop. It didn't stop in the New Testament. It still won't stop today. We will preach the gospel until the Lord Jesus comes or until he sounds the trumpet and calls us home. Our, our importance is to get the word out. And so now they've been brought again. And we're going to pick it up in verse 17. And the Bible says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple uh, to the people in all the words of this life. And when they had heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came and they that were with him and called the council together and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But, I like that word, don't you? You're going to find that word throughout the Bible. But, and uh, so we're changing uh, direction here. 
When the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. And when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they, were, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. And then one of the, one, uh, excuse me, and then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Can't stop the word of God. Amen. And then went the captain with them, officers, and, and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you, or command that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Amen. And, and intent to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can obey you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the zeal. We thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of the men of God and the people who served you in the first century church. Lord, we thank you for their boldness and their faith to uh, just go right into the center of all things and preach the truth of God's word. And so we ask you tonight, Lord, as we continue to think about our mission in life, our church mission, our world vision, and Lord, the things that we need to do, we cannot do them without you. We must have your power. We must have your strength. We must have your wisdom. We must have, uh, Father, those things in which you promised to us if we would obey you, and we want to do that. Thank you for each one here tonight. Lord, in this midweek, refresh us, strengthen us. Lord, speak to our hearts. Bring us to a closer walk with you. And we'll praise you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. About four weeks ago, maybe a little longer, I decided to trim the lower limbs of my trees in the yard and any bushes that slapped me in the face when I was mowing. I got, my, I got my glasses knocked off, I got my hat knocked off, and I almost got my eye put out. I got my arm stabbed, and I said, this is enough. So I trimmed them all up, put them on my burn pile. Now, my burn pile is not just flat. It looks like a mountain because I burn a lot of things on it. And, it, and of course, you can't burn green leaves and raw limbs. You've got to let them season out a little bit, so I waited. And we got a little rain, and so that... That kind of dampened things. I said, now I'll burn all of this. And so I get out, and I really have to rub two sticks together awful hard to get this thing started. But uh, thanks, thanks for that little trigger lighter. I could get up in there to the dry bush and finally got it started. And I was kind of watching it to see if it was going to burn, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I said, good, it can take care of itself. I got on the lawn more, and I started mowing the lawn. And I look over, and... The center is burnt out, but not everything's burnt. And all I could see was a bunch of ashes there. So I get my rake and I get off the lawnmower and I, I pull the limbs up on top of the ashes 
and uh, they start smoking, and then all of a sudden, boom, got a flame going again. I said, great, they'll burn now. Get on the lawnmower, and I start off, and I go around, cut a few times, I look over, it's gone, ashes, still limbs out there. I had to keep pulling them in, I had to keep getting them. But you know, sometimes in our spiritual life, we're like that. Sometimes we just, we cool. It doesn't look like there's much going on because we need the power of God to give us the fire that we need in our life. And, uh, and sometimes churches get that way. There are probably churches today that you might know of that they've grown cold or churches that have become indifferent. Same thing in Christians' lives. If we're not careful, we can be cool. And if we get too cool in uh, the book of Revelation, we call that what? Lukewarm. Yeah. Got to be hot for a fire to burn. Or got to be cold if you're going to freeze something. So we want to look at the New Testament church. And we want to look at some things about the New Testament church in the way in which they impacted their world. There were three things that I want to share with you. But as we look at the, the church in Acts, this church made an impact. We know that because the first, first day of Pentecost, how many people were saved? All right, by the time we get here to chapter 5, we got about 5,000 people. I mean, the church is growing rapidly. The people are being drawn. They're coming because they're seeing something they have never seen in their life. They're seeing the power of God demonstrated, the healing of their loved ones, and the strengthening, and, and uh, what, what all the things that the Lord is doing. Now, these people of the New Testament were not perfect people, nor are we. We need to understand, these are just human beings whom God has gripped their heart, and they have committed themselves to doing whatever God's will is to impact their world. And so we find these people had a message, and that message was perfect. You and I know that we have a message today, and it's perfect because it's the Word of God. And so we find that, that these people were passionate in their faith, and we need to be passionate in our faith. And, and, and we find that uh, they lived in accordance to their beliefs. They didn't just say, we believe this. They lived it. And that's so important in the Christian's life. Don't tell us how much you know. Show us how much you're willing to do. What was the famous, what was the famous words that John F. Kennedy said at his inauguration? What were they? Someone raise your hand. I don't want everybody saying it. Someone raise your hand. Sister Linda. Did everybody hear that? Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Let me, let me apply that to spiritualness. Don't come to church asking God, what can you do for me today? Come to church with the spirit of loving sacrifice to say, God, what can I do for you today? That's the kind of church that we're talking about. So we find they were spirit-filled, they were spirit-led, they were excited about their worship, they praised God continually, and we see that these things changed their heart and changed their lives. And because their hearts were changed and their lives were changed, they went out with a perfect message, preaching the Lord Jesus Christ, and other people's lives were changed. 
And that is so exciting to see someone come to Jesus. It's so exciting to see a new Christian with that glow in their life. It shows on their face and the joy in their heart. So we find here, what was it about this church that made it such a church for the Lord Jesus Christ that made a big impact on their world? And what is it that will cause Hillside Baptist Church members to have an impact on the world here in Springfield, Missouri, and around the world? Well, let's see what they had. First of all, we see that they had the fire of God. They had the fire of God. And uh, that made a difference in their lives. Now, when you read in the Old Testament, uh, you will find that the fire of God, the fire of God was present with the people of God. Amen? Do you remember that God was in the burning bush? And Moses was drawn there, and God spoke to him through that fire, that burning bush. You remember that when the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt, do you remember what led them at night? A pillar of what? It was a pillar of fire that lit the way for them. That was God showing them what he wanted them to see. Isaiah, in chapter 6, we find that, that it was a fire. That, that the altar, that coal was laid upon his lips for, for the change that it made in his life because he was seeing uh, how sinful he was and how sinful a nation he was. But he said, uh, Lord, here am I. I'm ready now. I'm willing now. And we find that Elijah, as he, as he proved the power of God with the sacrifice of the wood... And, uh, and the water, I mean, it was all soaked up. Listen, you cannot burn, you cannot burn wet wood. Right. It just won't do. It's got too much moisture in it. But God can do it. Amen. God made toasty uh, pieces of, of ash out of those wet logs. But God accepted Elijah's offering because God wanted to show his people you're walking in the wrong direction. You're doing the wrong thing. You need to stop idol worship, and you need to start worshiping me. But we see this fire. It was because they had a passionate belief that if they did what God told them to do, God was going to perform great and mighty things in their eyes and in their heart and in their life, and he did. And he still does that today. I was watching a TV documentary on a very important preacher in the 20th century. Um, he probably had more impact on a number of people than any other preacher during the years of the 1900s up into the 2000s until he became so ill he couldn't preach. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Billy Graham. And I was watching that documentary, and, and I was, you know, I knew that he drew big crowds, uh, and I knew that he had lots of altar results. But this documentary picked out people that had been saved in his meetings. And, uh, and some of these people were very, very vile, mean 
dangerous people. Some of them were connected to the mafia. And uh, there were others that, that had all kinds of problems in their life. And they, uh, they didn't believe that they could be forgiven for what they had done in war. They couldn't get it out of their mind until Jesus Christ came into their heart. And God gave them that peace and they, they, had, they slept like a baby after that. See, folks, the word of God is true and the power of God is real. And if we will have the fire in our heart to make a difference, being passionate and being persuasive, we're told that we're to invite. Amen? Amen. We're to invite. And uh, we also get the word in the Bible called compelled. We're to compel people. What does that mean? What does it mean to you? Insist. You know... Don't let up. Keep working on them. Keep talking to them. Keep planting a seed. I know the first pastor that witnessed to me planted a good seed. I know some family and loved ones who planted seed, and they were good seed. And one day the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart, and those seeds came to fruitation. What did Paul say we do in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? He said, one does what? One sows or plants, and the other waters. One sows, one waters. One sows, one waters. And, and, and it says, God gives the increase. If we don't tell people about Jesus, why should we expect increase? Why should we expect the seed that we plant to come to fruitation if we don't work it? We must be about doing those things. And, uh, you know, sometimes when we go out visiting and we, we uh, witness to people and we, uh, we have sometimes bad people uh, with bad attitudes and, and just meanness in them. And if, if you let people determine your, your compassion and your uh, passion for witnessing, you'd just give up and quit. And some Christians have. But you know, just beyond where those people who want to discourage you because Satan tries to do that to you, just beyond there is a person waiting for you to get there. And if we'll just keep going, we'll get there. And when we get there, they're ready. It's like walking up to that fruit tree. Pick that piece of fruit off. How sweet and enjoyable it is. But you know what? You can't pull green fruit and expect it to be enjoyable. You can't, you can't beat someone over the head and line them up against the wall and tell them, you do want to get saved, don't you? You don't want to go to hell, do you? And uh, for, now we're talking to little kids. Wouldn't that scare you? Why, well, wouldn't me. But I think if we have compassion and love, and sh let me show you what God's Word says. Let me show you what the Bible says here about our condition. Let me show you what you can do to have a joyful life and experience the new birth. You know, we have to sometimes come in behind other people who've made a mess of things. And uh, it's pretty hard, but you've got to keep doing it. And that's why we need the fire. Matthew 3.11, I'm going to share that verse with you.
Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, the Bible says, John the Baptist was saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We go on a little further, and we find that in Acts chapter 2, uh, we see here in the Word of God, Acts chapter 2, verse uh, 3, the Bible says, And there appeared unto them clothed tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. Uh, again, a witness of God's power, God's fire. And uh, so with passionate belief and, and with persuasive behavior, we can see the Lord doing many things. So they had fight the fire of God in their lives. And that's what a church will, uh, is going to evangelize the world, must have fire. And sometimes we've got to pull people a little closer, draw nigh unto God. We've got to get where the source is if we're going to be the light that God wants us to be. And uh, secondly, they had faith to make a difference, to have an impact on their world. Remember what Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let me read it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. Faith. Where's our faith? How many of you saw in the news the, the um, tour bus that went across the bridge? Did y'all see that? I don't, where was that bridge? Was it in Branson? It was down in Arkansas. Here's this huge tour bus, loaded, I'm sure, with people. And this guy drives this big bus right out on this old-timey bridge, and as he gets out on it, it just does this with the weight, up and down. Boy, that, that's enough to scare you, isn't it? Yet every day we get in our car, we crank it up, and we get out there on the highway, put on our seatbelt. Usually I put mine on about 10 miles from the house, because, you know, most accidents happen that close to the house. <laughs> I don't wait till I get up. Um, no, but uh, we, we just have faith to believe that the person coming towards us is going to do the right thing. They don't always do it, but we have faith. That, we have faith the car's going to work. We have faith the battery's going to crank it. We put faith in a lot of things every day. But what about our faith in the Lord? What, what about our faith to make a difference we need the faith that the Lord commanded us to have. From Hebrews chapter 11, we're reminded of that face. Chapter 12, and uh, in other scriptures, it talks about the importance of our faith. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, chapter 5, excuse me, it says, We walk not by sight, but by faith.
They not only had faith in the master, they had faith in the message. And we find that, that they said they must continue to preach Christ. They must continue to preach the truth. They must continue to preach the hope. They must bring this message to the world. This message is going to be the one that's going to take them and, and away from their world of sin and bring them into a world of salvation. And so it's important to have faith. This New Testament church made a difference because they were on fire and that fire was from God. They, they were people of faith and they had that faith because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the message that he gave them. Uh, if you look at chapter 11 of Hebrews, we find a list of people who had faith. Abel had faith. Enoch had faith. Abraham had faith. Uh, Noah had faith. And uh, Isaiah had faith. Uh, we find that uh, Nehemiah had faith. And faith made the difference in their world and in their ministry to others. And then the, the last thing, and, and sometimes I think churches may get this turned around backwards. The first, you've got to have the fire of God in you. You've got to have the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then God will supply the finances. I believe he will. We look at the New Testament church, and they were so together in oneness. They were so moved of the Spirit of God that they made a difference because they took what they had and they sold it and they brought it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2 just for a moment and let's look here in chapter 2 and let's see where verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and in breaking, verse 42 of chapter 2, of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Wow. Is that not something that we see uh, very little of today, that somebody would sell something and bring the proceeds of that to the Lord's work? I realize that there's a lot going on in the ministry of television. And I realize there's a lot of messages out there about sowing seeds of faith. But what I'm talking about is it didn't, it didn't go to promote any one individual person. It, did, it didn't mean that God wants us all to be rich. That's a fantasy, folks. That's a fantasy. In fact, the Word of God tells us that many are not going to be able to come to the Word of God because of their riches. And Jesus encountered a young man one day, and he said, what do I need to do to have eternal life? He said, go, sell everything you got, give it away and follow me. And he, re he re returned back to his world of riches. Somebody's hoping to win the lottery this Friday. 
How much is it now? A lot. <laughs> it's over 900 and something million dollars. Closing in on a billion dollars. And people are snatching up tickets just like that. With the hopes that they're going to be the one that's going to have all of that money. And they interview people and they ask them, what would you do if you had all of this money? Some people are pretty level-headed. I'm going to pay some bills off. Somebody said, well, I'm going to buy a new car. Others said, I'm going to get a new house. And they could go on and on and on what they'd do. But if you had, a, if you had almost a billion dollars, you would have so many relatives, you would never be able to live at home or be on the telephone or have your name anywhere in public. Riches can destroy a person. I'm not saying it's wrong to have things or to be blessed, and, and some people are blessed more than others. I'm not saying that's wrong. But I'm saying that if we're looking to that to be our salvation in our world, you're going to die and you're still going to leave this world without taking one penny with you. That's why the Word of God tells us to lay up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves, thieves do not break through or steal. It tells us that they sold these things and they shared them. That means they divided it among those who had need. Those who had abundance helped those who had need. And they all came and met in oneness of common. And, and that's, that's very important for us to recognize. Don't turn your head away from someone who has a need. Turn to them and let God speak to your heart and help them with that need. That's what missions is all about. We send missionaries out and they have needs. And sometimes they contact us and they say, we really, in, we really need a roof on this building. And I read a lot of missionary letters and, and you know, every one of them has needs. And I wished I could, wish we as a church and I could give them everything they need. But we can't. But we can help those that we feel led to help. And, and then maybe the other churches will help those. You know, I, I think we've got all the leaks fixed in this roof. I don't think there's any stains here in the auditorium. Maybe a few left out there. We've got to replace some tile. But we've got a good roof over our head. We don't have to worry about, about the bugs flying in. We don't, have, we don't have to worry about the cold and the heat and all of those things. We're just spoiled, rotten, aren't we? Amen. And we like that. We like comfortable pews. We like air conditioning. We like heat. Now, I came in tonight and I smelt an unusual smell. How many of your snippers are doing good tonight? And I smelt... Does anybody know what that smell is? Did anybody smell anything besides me? Hmm? Did, what, what did it smell like? I'm sorry? Sewer. It was the heat. Well, you were, do you remember in your home when you first turned the heat on for the first time? And there's this awful smell. And you think, what is that? It smells like a rat on fire. <laughs> well, there might be one in there that got, that got himself torched. But when you first turn a furnace on, it doesn't smell very good. But I can tell you, you really appreciate it 
You're thankful to have that heat. Oh, how we've been blessed. You see, the church of the New Testament, they impacted the world because they had the fire of God in their heart, because they had the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ in their heart, and because they had the finances in which to do the work of God, and they were not selfish to withhold that, but to share it. And every year we challenge. I challenge myself. And I know many of you challenge yourself about what you're going to do for missions. And, and some of you may be thinking, listen, I'm, put, I'm straining to the very end right now. I'm, I'm straining. Would, well, how about doing a little more? How many of you would like God to really open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing? Would you like that today? I don't mean be foolish, but I mean be faithful. And there's, there's much that we can do for the Lord. We can make a difference. We can impact our world because of our faith in the Master, because of our faith in the message, because of our life on fire, a passionate belief in a persuasive behavior, and a finances that God will provide for us to do the work of God.